So on this Conveyancing Matters, we are going to talk about how much do conveyancing fees cost? Welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. So hello, Stu. How are you? I'm very good, Lorraine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So we thought on this conveyancing matters that we would talk about uh, how much do conveyancing fees cost, um, yeah. which is a bit of a bit of a contentious issue for for lots of uh, conveyances due for lots of different reasons. But um, and hopefully anybody that's interested will subscribe or, or to the channel or, or ask some questions as they go along. Do put anything in our comments. We're always really interested to know what people got to think. But. Um, I saw a little headline, which, to be fair, I'm sure you did, Stu. It was sort of splashed fairly widely across certainly the property press. Um, conveyancing fees increased by over 21% in the last year, that being 2021. But when I looked, Stu, and that, as I say, that as a headline has been yeah. everywhere. Um, but to be fair to the people that did the research, it was only of, of 100 firms or so out of the 4,000 or so firms that do conveyancing. So we're only talking sort of two, two and a half percent of firms. So, Stu, what's your view, not necessarily PCS's experience, but from your contacts and your chats, do you get the feeling that sort of during the, the stamp duty land tax, no holiday um, and the furore of the last 18 months, you know, have conveyances stuck their fees up? Do you, and do you think they've stuck their fees up by a fifth? Maybe not a fifth, but surely all firms have put their fees up. Um, but this is, is this not one of these kind of scenarios that we look at it in our own little bubble and, and, and don't look at the outside world? You know, what other firms in general, professional firms or otherwise, haven't over the last few years put their fees up? Well, conveyances um, haven't, Stu, because you know well, what we've done. It's just been a race to the bottom on fees. This has been happening for 20, 25 years. It's an absolute bugbear of mine. Not, not, it, in, the la not in the last 12 months. I think not most in the last firm, 12 months, most but in the last, yeah, in most the last firms, 20 years. Yeah, I mean, there's two different questions in, 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 in this sort of argument, aren't there? There's, you know, where we were, ironically, you know, and as you've just said, it was the race to the bottom. Um, you know, our fees for what we do were far too low and mm. you know when you look back you think how on earth did we ever get into a position where we were charging the sort of fee that we were um for the level of work that we do and you know how can we demonstrate to the the wider world that you know our sort of you know legal due diligence is is, is so complicated strict and the regulation we have to abide by and the problems we face and then we're charging a, a piddly a piddly fee for doing so it's ridiculous you know what other industries out there where we might deal with somebody for three four months you know even after completion the uh, the nonsense that goes on after with the, the you know revenue the land registry serving notices on landlords and management companies blah 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 you know you're probably dealing opening a file to shutting a file six months aren't you yeah really? i mean I, what i find um, startling is that clients that, you know, they move into their house and as far as they're concerned, that's done. But all, what, what we're sailing into at that point, post-completion, we're sailing into the riskiest part of the transaction. Yeah, One of, of the riskiest parts, of having course. got out the risky bit at the beginning with the AML. Yeah. 
Um, and we're sort of sat and potentially, you know, months worth of wrangling with the lenders on lender exchange. Yeah. And, you know, why haven't you completed your registration? Well, because it's a new lease and the land registry had taken 18 months or whatever. Um, but, 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 with this, but with this extra chasing, with the lender exchange, with the banks that are hotter than ever in terms of getting their um, you know, security registered, um, the extra work in general that we are doing, why shouldn't our fees then be going up? Of course they should. Um, you know, it's like. But is anything. it just? Um, is it just the sort of the 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 tidal wave of work of pandemic work and stamp duty land tax holiday work that that forced firms to put their fees up to to try and at least act as a bit of a a filter and a, and a stopgap um, for for new work or or just to yes. try and sort of make hay while <laughs> yes. the sun shines. Let's be honest. Yes, it, that was the driving force, wasn't it? It's given firms the opportunity to reassess where they are financially in terms of the fee offering to the client. And yeah, in a nutshell, the answer is yes. But, but if the market cools, do you think firms are just going to go back to their well, old ways? That's, that's, that's the $50 million question, isn't it? Um, you know, will firms reduce fees? I don't think they will. I think we've, you know, where we are now is, is completely different. And I think the industry in general has, you know, despite the criticism we, we always get in every five minutes from the, the wider world, I think, you know, we have had the chance to reassess I think we have improved what we do as a generalisation and the service that we give to our clients. I think most firms are moving towards becoming slicker in terms of their general operation. Yeah. And I think accordingly, fees will, will therefore go up. And I think that, you know, it's given everybody the opportunity to assess what we do um, on a given transaction and, and, and re-look at what the charges should be. And quite I rightly so. I think what's interesting, again, I because I often feel I'm kind of very much from the outside looking in, which, to be fair, is a position I'm happy to be in, I must say. Um, but it's certainly my view that clearly there have been, you know, lots of sort of property technology, prop tech, you know, solutions in the, coming into the market. Yeah. But I think what a lot of firms still fail to understand, and particularly a lot of those at a certain end of the market which just commoditize everything you know this is still a communication game this is still a job which involves people you know yeah. making the biggest purchase of their lives possibly moving into their dream home and and I'm, we've touched on this before Stu but I think what firms have got very bad at they've streamlined a lot of the process quite understandably why wouldn't you um but we're failing and, and you've said this before we're failing to ensure that clients understand what our proposition is we're failing to, to make clients aware of what we do because i mean clients on a sale clients must see that on an average two hundred and fifty thousand pound house sale even if the agent only charges one percent they're still getting two and a half thousand pounds plus vat out of it and the conveyancer will be lucky if they're getting 500 to a thousand plus VAT out of that. And the, the, the seller will get those two bills on the same email or yeah. in the same envelope, and they still haven't kind of understood, you know, they've still not the disconnect hasn't occurred to them. And I just think as an industry, we're very, very bad at, at making what we do clear. Um, and I'm not quite sure how we address that really. I don't, I don't think know. we sell what we do, do we? I don't no. think we explain what we do, and I think. There is still that horrible thought that people think we just tick boxes, yeah. Um, rather than you know actually you know legal due diligence, and, and this is the half the problem you know we have. I'm not sure. 
the comparable the comparable between the estate agent's fee and the lawyer's fee has always been something of uh, you know an ongoing rumble, isn't it, over the years and how they get more than us. Um, however, um, you know, I don't know what goes into those estate agents' fees and what the profit margins in there are. You would think it on the face of it, it looks significant, but I'm sure the estate agents will moan about right move fees and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I'm sure there's a point to be had from, from, from their side of the fence as well. But I think when it comes to the clients, and I'm, I'm completely surmising it, but I'm, I'm sort of guessing that, you know, they have that immediate need, don't they? They need to sell their house. The first point of contact is the uh, estate agent. Yes. So, you know, they're already conditioned to what that fee might be. Um, other agents out there and other comparables, I don't think they're even thinking about the lawyer fee. So they're never going to compare the two at that point anyway, are they? It's only maybe on completion when they get their completion statement and they say the two figures side by side that, um, you know, the thought might ever... Well, but I think, as we were saying off air, Stuart, I mean, one of the things about completion and post-completion is the clients have then moved in. They've either yeah. moved out or moved in and done both. They're, you know, they're planning the housewarming. They're not thinking about us anymore. We've got, you know, we're, we're sailing into, as we've just said, a you know, really risky part of the transaction. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're thinking at that point. It's just a... It's just the sale and purchase money pot. But something occurred to me that, um, you, you know, you, from what you just said there, and again, about the communication and us not selling our services and our skills and our, you know, everything that we do, because, of course, this is such an irony, isn't it? Because we're so highly regulated and whether you're, <coughs> excuse me, a solicitor or a licensed conveyancer, we've got to send a client care letter we've got to scope our retainer as it's called tell the client what we're doing for their money you know there's vast amounts of information that as a matter of regulation we have to give our clients we're supposed to be telling them what we do there's all of this upfront information loads of stuff on our website and we're still sitting here saying you know but 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 clients don't understand what we do and that's such a disconnect really isn't it it's a difficult one for me because we brief the client so heavily on exactly what we're about to do and when we're mm. about to do it. Um, but of course, you know, do clients read it at that stage? They're so desperate and so pressured to sort of, you know, get the legal process started. Yeah. I, I don't think there's um, the, the, the sort of uh, in-depth analysis as to, you know, our terms and conditions, what it says, what we're going to do. I think they just see the fee, accept it, and they're on their way kind of thing. I think there is this blinkered vision. You know, if you're buying property and you're falling in love with the, the house of your dreams, yeah, yeah, it, it's all about getting that property, isn't it? Rather than looking at the, the boring T's and C's, the boring part of it being the all the stuff that we have to do. Yeah, well, exactly. we kind of posed the question at the top of this session, um, Stu. You know, how much do conveyancing fees cost? Um, you know, the reality is every firm will charge something different. And now that we've got the what, what's called the transparency rules for the people that don't know, and if you're in a firm and you're watching this, go to your firm's website and see if see if your firm's legal fees are easy to find. And if you're a member of the public watching this, go to solicitors' websites and see if they're easy to find. Because, again, as a matter of regulation, we're supposed to include on our websites now, you know, what our fees for various ranges of work is supposed to be including conveyancing and others I might add along with who's doing the work and what you're going to get um so and, and you know the clues in the name transparency fees you know it's supposed to make sort of shopping around for for legal work easier for clients but do you think it does do you I mean to clients in your I've, I've, experience I've never, you know I've, been, been blunt. I've never understood it no I could not see the point of it I don't understand why um we 
have to publish our fees, surely if a client gets a quote, they get the quote, they've got the fee anyway. Most firms are moving into an era where they've got a widget on their website where you can self-produce a quote anyway. Mm. Um, I know we have, and there's lots of off-the-shelf kind of products um, that don't cost a lot that you can use and, and so on and so forth. I don't really understand that. It was a bit like it was it was too late coming in the transparency um, rules for me. You know, firms are already organically moving to an era where they're publishing them on a bespoke basis on their websites anyway. Um, you know, and of course, with such a variance of fees, you know, surely a client needs to obtain a, a bespoke um, quote or estimate um, for what they're doing rather than picking something on a list that might apply or might not. Yeah, exactly. And what the transparency um, rules, I think, have done have led firms to sort of and lots of firms have done this for a long time anyway, but to really sort of, um, again, sort of commoditize the, the offering and sometimes, frankly, strip it back to its absolute barest minimum. So the headline figure for your conveyancing might be X pounds plus VAT. But when you start to dig a little bit deeper, you find, well, there's actually this amount to add on if you're getting a mortgage. There's this amount to add on if it's a leasehold transaction, all of which I'm not saying that's illegitimate, uh, you know, thing for firms to do quite the contrary i do know one one organization one very big organization of long long time ago now Stu, but actually on a purchase hived off the co-ownership advice um you know whether whether two buyers should hold as joint tenants or tenants in common and charge clients okay. an extra 200 quid plus fat for the advice and of course yeah. loads of people who didn't know any better um didn't uh, well they didn't tick the box they said well we don't yeah. you know, that's obviously an optional extra that we don't need rather than being yeah. an absolutely integral part of the advice that's needed on a purchase which i found absolutely extraordinary and i still do you know there's a, there's a bit of a line isn't there and I, and I think the analogy i always use is that if my car breaks down okay and i need to get the mechanic to mend it i can't just ring up the mechanic and say how much is it going to cost you know he needs to see under the bonnet yeah, have yeah. a look at that engine okay what needs to be done. And, and, you know, if I put my car in to have three new tyres, um, I don't get the exhaust done at the same time, do I? So there's always these different kind of weird thoughts that, that people have over uh, charging fees. But, you know, the, the basic conveyancing fee is for the basic conveyancing, transferring the title ownership from the seller to the buyer. You know, if you need a declaration of trust carried out because you've got unequal proportions of money going into the transaction or if you want a will or something else, there are additional charges that you've got to pay. But, I, you know, the, the conveyancing you know, fee should relate to the conveyancing getting you from A to B. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting, and I think what a lot of clients don't understand, and I suspect a lot of conveyances tend not to make clear, is also, and again, this is, I think, important for firms and, and members of the public, is, you know, what is the basis of the fee upon which it's, you know, that's it's being given so for example is it a fixed fee so irrespective of how much work the conveyancer does the fee's not going to go up is it a no sale no fee um now personally from a practical and commercial point of view i have never ever seen the point of those conveyancers must whittle away hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of chargeable time a year but equally to be fair if it's a well we reserve the right to increase the fee if the matter becomes more complicated Again, the key point for the client and for any firms watching is they've got to notify the client in advance. They can't just add the bill on the end. And that's and, and complaints about costs is 
probably one of the biggest complaints that's leveled against conveyances. If you look at any of the, you know, the ombudsman or whatever's websites, it's always the, you know, the tip top thing. And it's, I'm not sure, Stu, and I'd be interested to know your view. I'm not necessarily sure it's the level of the fees, but it's just understanding what they related to. It's not what we expected. You know, it's more than we expected. Uh, you know, it's not but necessarily. But are, the, are the clients not right there? Surely they, might they, be. they are, aren't they? You know, I always say to all the guys here, you know, if, if we need to make an extra charge for whatever reason, because something has come up that we weren't advised about at the onset, um, you know, when that client obtained the estimate from us, then we need to explain what we need to do and why it's going to cost more money to do it. Um, and if you do explain that, the clients rarely ever um, have a problem with it because they understand that there is this issue. And of course, they don't want to. Uh, prejudice for example their sale or purchase going through and therefore happy to pay it but you wouldn't be happy would you at the end of something whatever service you're using if you've been quoted you know seven or eight hundred quid and all of a sudden you get a bill for a grand you'd want to know why wouldn't you yeah exactly and i think this is but this is you know i think this all ties in with um the pressure that conveyances are under the fact that lots of conveyances don't time record because for example our colleagues in sort of litigation and probate departments you know they won't sneeze without recording it on the file and um and the point is that conveyances quite a lot of conveyancing firms don't time record so what that actually means is we we get as as a an area of practice we get into the habit of not thinking about how much time have i spent on this file and therefore what we don't do i think in general is is anticipate what's coming and it's that inability because we're often not taught to do it now to anticipate what's coming and anticipate that the fees are going to go up as a result and it's that I think that's where firms fall down quite considerably but Stu something you've talked about a lot and probably will perhaps end this um uh, chat on fees um, um and how much does conveyancing cost perhaps on on this point but this idea that I don't think agents and clients understand often what our legal fees are. They just see yeah. this massive, you know, Headline figure, figure. Yeah. And, and don't actually, uh, you know, get that, you know, all the elements, everything swills through, you know, your client account. And therefore a client thinks everything is your fees. Well, we've spoken about this a number of times now, haven't we? That there are so many different parties that are, you know, intertwined in the conveyancing. So obviously a client in general doesn't need to know just what we're going to charge them, but also how much it's going to charge them to complete the purchase. And of mm. course that includes the land registry fees that we have no control over. And of course have, have recently gone up and um, the stamp duty, the searches, you know, all of this has to be put into the pot, doesn't it? You know, yeah. Not to mention landlords fees, managing agent fees, um, and of course bank charges and so on and so forth. So we go on and on and on, you know, it is a list unfortunately, um, but there is a distinct difference between what we charge and how much it's going to cost the client putting all these bits together. Yeah, I think, and I know, I know this is a bugbear of yours, but, you know, on a leasehold matter, on a leasehold sale, you're suddenly contacting a client some weeks into the transaction to say, oh, well, you know, can we have another £500 plus VAT for the management pack that's not going to spew out for another eight weeks? Um, and all the client sees themselves doing is transferring another... 500 quid plus back to your firm they're not yeah you say all this but when you think about it in other industries you know you you would expect to pay some money up front for for example materials wouldn't you or mm. or something like that so it's a similar analogy isn't it you know we need the materials we need the searches yeah. 
we need the materials, we need the management company pack, and a client has to pay up front for that. I think the, the, the where I think our profession has the issue is that we don't explain these things enough to yeah. the client. We don't get this information out um, enough, do we? And, and that's where I think as a generalisation we maybe fall foul. It's educating everybody, um, you know, as to, to why we need, what we're going to need, when we're going to need it. Um, but on the other hand, it's different. It's really difficult. You know, the, the, the other example and the real bugbear, which I can't stand, is when you, you have to pay a big fee for a management company pack and all the information is not in the bloody pack. Yeah. Um, it says, you know, refer to the landlord. Oh, God. So then you go to the landlord and then they want another couple of hundred quid. So you've just had the bust up with the client that they've got to pay 500 quid for a management company pack. They're selling because financially they're struggling. But, you know, they've, they've borrowed or whatever to get the money to pay for your pack. And then, of course, you've got to pay another couple of hundred quid. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we get it in the neck, don't we? Because we're the ones breaking, you know, breaking the bad news. But um, what can you do? Well, maybe that can sort of be part of the big new drive to get upfront information. Maybe, you know, maybe the agent can order all that. Maybe well, someone can get that ball rolling much, much earlier because it's not it's usually not that out of date. I mean, apart from ground rent and service charge receipts that might change over a couple of months, generally speaking, not much else is going to change. So you know, maybe maybe we should be educating the uh, the conveyancing industry to get somebody else to uh, to deal with that, Stu. But I think sometimes it's, I, I think, wonder if, if you took a step back. And reread what we send out to clients. Do we, you know, do we tell them enough? Do we explain, you know, what we do enough? Um, what we're going to need? Do we explain that enough? Um, and of course, one criticism that could be labelled at us is that, you know, we've allowed our fees, for example, sort of going full circle, to be reduced to a level where they are. You know, do we sell what we do enough? No, and maybe we don't. You know. I don't think we do. And I, but it comes back, we will sort of again end where we started, Stu. I think it, it, it's a matter of communication and um, conveying. It's, it's, it's a bloody complicated process, isn't it? It is. It's complicated. It is. You know, managing getting somebody from, you know, from starting off buying that house to actually completing and then sorting out their tax returns and sorting out registering it all at the land registry and all the delays and complications that go along the way all the things that might come up to prevent that purchase going through, prevent that sale from proceeding, not to mention you're fighting against the bank with what they want. You know, all these different parts that go into the pot, um, you know, the fees should be higher, obviously. Um, but do we sell it enough that what we do is, is complicated, it's difficult? Now, other areas of law, the fees are substantially higher. I mean, you know, we are we are the poor relation, but is it because we just don't sell what we do enough? Oh, I absolutely think so, Stu. Well, I think it would be really interesting. We're at the beginning of 2022 now to to maybe look back and see if any more research is done in 12 months time as to what might have happened to conveyancing fees uh, in, in you know, across this year. Uh, and let's hope that the, the conveyancing fees stay higher. And, uh, and you know, if you're watching this and you're, you're interested and you want to know more about what Stu and I've got to say, don't forget to subscribe. I'm sure there's a button somewhere, but I never do my left and right very well. So I won't be able to find it. And again, do, you know, do put any comments, uh, you know, do give us any comments because uh, Stu and I are always, um, uh, you know, happy and uh, to, to interact, even you know even if you got something negative to say so um well thanks for that Stu and we no will no doubt um get together again very soon take care take care see ya bye